When I left my house this morning, it was 30 degrees outside. I hear that some of you came in and it was 40 degrees outside. <laughs> so it seems like it's warmed up just a little bit. But with that song, I tell you, it's something that uh, can warm the soul. Warm the soul. Thank you, Sanctuary Choir. Pray with me for just a minute, please. God, thank you for this moment uh, that I am uh, here with your people. I pray that you humble my spirit and bless the words that will come out of my mouth. In Jesus' name, amen. How do we do justice? How do I do justice? And what exactly is justice anyway? It's been over a year since I began my journey as an ordained clergy in MCC. And I'm getting a little used to the title, Reverend Denise. I spent the entire year connecting to and with other faith leaders in the community, building rapport with individuals who are on the ground level doing justice every day, and listening to those individuals and those of you who are here who are uniquely impacted by the injustices that exist today. And what I found is that there's no simple solution to address all the vast needs in our community, but at the core of the issue, we can simply state this. Violence, hate, and bigotry against humanity can be resolved and eradicated through more compassion and love of neighbor. This is the message that Jesus invites us into and invites us to ponder this message as we work for justice to be a bridge to help those who are in need of understanding the real message of the good news. Kathleen Sand states this, we are called to stand and bear witness to the cracks of the world. And the Joshua story that we read today is a phenomenal story about the life of an oppressed group of people who had been enslaved in Egypt and later found their freedom and their hope in the promise of returning to the promised land, their homeland, the land of Canaan. This story is rich in content and context and reinforces the idea for me that oppressed people often oppress people. Rahab, the sex worker, and her family were the only people saved during the ultimate slaughter of the Canaanite people. You see, the Canaanites were perceived to be idolatrous people, and they were people who were excluded from the covenant that God had made with the descendants of Abraham. At least, this is the belief that the those Israelites had at that time. And so as we examine Rahab's story, 
I wonder in what ways today is history still repeating itself over and over again. I wonder who is being excluded from God's table. Now, keeping the story in context with this historic times and the way it was written helps us to understand better how we can use this story to transform our own lives and gain freedom to be the person and the people who God has called us to be. And as much as the world is transforming right before our eyes, it's still important for us to acknowledge the injustices of our times. And what better place to do that than right here? Another mass shooting, this time at the airport. The introduction of a bill to take away the rights of transgender individuals. The continuous devaluing and disregard of human life. I see a huge need for us to create safe spaces, for us to talk about these issues and to start dealing with the realities simply because systemic oppression impacts the freedom for people to live into their God-given potential. And we have to have these conversations in spaces where people often find hope and healing. And that includes the church. And when the church becomes a place of pain, for some people, because of their differences, we have a crisis a family crisis at hand. Ellen DeGeneres said recently to me, when I say be kind to one another, I feel that. Because as someone who has received a lot of hate and prejudice and discrimination because of who I choose to love, I just don't understand anyone who has experienced that kind of oppression or anything like that, it only gives me more compassion. It gives me more empathy. And I don't want anyone to ever feel hurt because they are different. James Baldwin puts it this way, we can disagree and still love each other unless your disagreement is rooted in my oppression and denial of my humanity and right to exist. The fight for equality and justice continues in 2017. And no matter what image other people may have of you, because of your past or present, God sees you as God's beloved. Imagine living a life that has little value in society with either an inferior social status or social class, locked into an inferior status simply because of your gender or profession. 
Imagine the life of Rahab, the sex worker. And notice that this is Rahab's title each time she has, is mentioned in the Bible. We hear Rahab, the prostitute. Rahab, the harlot. Rahab, the innkeeper. Although in Matthew, and it is the only exception, but perhaps this is an example of intentionality to delegitimize and devalue Rahab's humanity. And some may read into this intentionality and apparent injustice against women. But Rahab is an unexpected game changer. And it's through her courageous action and statement of faith we hear her voice clearly in the story. Rahab took steps to secure her future and the future for her family. Rahab, the outsider, Rahab, the underdog, is a message of hope for us today. You see, Joshua sent those two spies to survey the land of Canaan west of the Jordan River, and somehow, somehow, the spies found their way to Rahab. You see, Rahab's house sat on the edge of the city adjacent to the Jericho Wall. And the spies came in, and they stayed long enough to be noticed. And then the ruler of the Canaanites sent his soldiers to inquire. And when the soldiers arrived, Rahab hid the spies on top of her roof. And then she lied to the soldiers, saying that the two men had already left and was gone. And as the story of Rahab unfolds, the spies and Rahab make a covenant, a promise that they would save her and her family in return for her saving them. The spies then instructed Rahab to place a scarlet cord on the front of her door so that her home could easily be identified. So there they were, Rahab and her family, hidden in plain sight, and were saved. The soldiers kept their promise. Hidden in plain sight, right here in our city is a rise in sex trafficking, particularly in the southwest Houston area. Many women and children and some men are vulnerable and often are misled by someone who promises to offer them a better life in the United States. And January is National Sex Trafficking Awareness Month, and particularly January 11th is National Sex Trafficking Awareness Day. I don't know how many of you are aware, but Houston is a hub for sex trafficking. And you know what? With the Super Bowl being just around the corner, 
and all the excitements about the Texans win yesterday. The demand for sex work is on the rise right here, hidden in plain sight. Now, if we are justice seekers, how complicit are we by our lack of attention to this matter? You see, the Johns, as they are commonly called, will beat these women and threaten these women, and they will threaten to hurt their families as well, making it less likely for the workers to escape or even to have the courage to break away from their situation. And so, as justice seekers, how can we improve our efforts to protect these individuals and educate ourselves and raise our own awareness of what's hidden right before our own eyes? I'm particularly concerned about our LGBTQ youth specifically because they are separated in many cases from their families and often live in poverty, which is one of the leading causes of people entering into sex working. We have to make sure that those of us who are called into justice have a responsibility to make the invisible visible. Rahab had the courage to release what was hidden from sight in order to save herself and her family. And this story gives us some insight about the kind of courage that it takes to overcome a seemingly impossible situation. And let's think about it. Knowing that if the king finds out that she lied, Rahab will surely be put to death. So imagine, imagine Rahab walking towards the door, knowing that she is going to have to lie to gain her freedom. And the courage that it would take for her to open the door Imagine that you have two spies or two bad folks in your house. Imagine what she may have been thinking about and the stress that she may have been under with these two people in her house asking her, what are you going to do? What are you going to say? Imagine Rahab walking towards the door, step by step, with her fears and with the hope of her salvation. Boom, boom, boom. There's a knock at the door. Rahab, Rahab, speak to us. Who are you hiding inside? The journey towards the door continues forward. She goes, and it's frightening, and it's scary, and all her fears upon her, and yet she continues to walk 
towards the door, step by step. Boom, boom, boom. Rahab, Rahab, do you hear us? Who are you hiding inside? Speak to us today, Rahab. And imagine that with all of her fears and her life flashing before her eyes, her joys, her sorrows, her disappointments, and her entire life story coming down upon her in this very moment, and she's forced to make a choice. Will she walk with her fears and the courage to open the door? And will she open the door? What is it that she will say in the present moment? And will she trust that God will save her in that moment? And yet, she continues to walk to the door. And she gets to the door, and she says something like, you have nothing to fear. All your fears are gone. For the men were once here, and now they are gone. You have nothing to fear, she says. All fear is gone. The men were here, but now they are gone. And with that, the soldiers leave, and then Rahab turns towards the window and goes and speaks to the spies and brings them down off the roof of her home. And she says to the spies, you have nothing to fear. The soldiers are gone. You have nothing to fear. I've saved you, and now I need you to save me. I need to know that when you go back to meet Joshua, that you will not only save me, but you will save my entire family. For some reason, for me, I can hear the voices of the people dealing with sex work in our city, saying, save me. When you do justice, save me. Rahab says, I know that your God is the God of heaven above and the God of earth below. I know the power of your God because we have heard. We've heard about the lands that you've conquered and the people that you've killed. So my people live in fear, but I'm no longer afraid. I just want you to save me and my family. And with that, the spies and Rahab make a covenant and promise. You see, Rahab's belief in the power of Israel's God gave her the courage to act, the courage to release what she feared, to release herself of her self-doubts, to release herself of her past, to release herself of any abuse that she had encountered before. That which was hidden 
she released it because she believed in the power of God. And many scholars believe that that is the reason Matthew gave her her name, the mother of Boaz. God is leading us towards the open door to free ourselves from our fears and to free those who are bound by their fears. Rahab's testimony is teaching us to embrace our fears and to take a bold step towards the future. Release what you are hiding so that you may live freely. What doors are needing to be open in your life? Amen.